Good morning. We want to welcome you to East LJ Baptist Church this morning. We're so glad you're here. Uh, great looking crowd. Looks like y'all are already having some good fellowship. And we just uh, are so glad each, each one of you are joining us today. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, and some of you are, uh, we want to let you know that here at East LJ, we have been captivated by Christ. We have seen through the gospel in Jesus the glory of God, and we've been captivated by his beauty. In Jesus, we see the grace of God revealed to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and it is beautiful. Uh, our desire is that today you would see his beauty and that you would be captivated by him as well before you leave this place. I want to give a quick thank you to all of our Centra Kid and Youth Chaperones. They are all leaving tomorrow for a week of children and youth camps. So we've got two groups leaving, and we are going to be um, uh, praying over all of you guys and, and all our campers uh, at the end of the service today. But uh, just give a, a, a round of applause of encouragement in advance for these brave adults who are going off for a week with a bunch of kids and teenagers. Amen? We appreciate your service to our families. I want to ask you to stand with me as we read from God's Word. John chapter 6, verses 53 to 55. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now we know that Jesus was not talking about his literal body and blood. This is, we are not a cannibalistic faith. But what he was saying is that his broken body, his shed blood, his sacrifice on the cross is the only hope that we have for salvation before a holy God. And unless we feed with our hearts on Christ, we have no life in us. But through him, we can eat and drink even unto eternal life by faith in the Lord Jesus. Aren't you thankful that you know that message? Amen. We'll be talking more about um, the body and blood of uh, Christ, even as we come to the Lord's table, and we're going to be spending our time uh, in the Word today talking about the Lord's Supper. Uh, but so thankful that we know that message. And yet you have neighbors, uh, friends, co-workers, family members who don't understand uh, and or have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. There are nations all around our world who've yet to hear the gospel message, and so we want to pray for them. We'll pray for your witness to your neighbors, your, our witness as a church, even to the ends of the earth, as we've all been called to take the gospel to the nations. We also want to pray this morning for the sick and the grieving. We want to pray for our nation. So would you join me as we pray? Father, thank you for sending your son and your, from your heart of overflowing mercy to sinners to come live a perfect life in our place, to go to the cross and there in his own body bear in on that tree our sins. Taking and satisfying in full your justice and wrath toward our sins. Though he had none himself. Thank you that after three days, Jesus, you rose again. And today you are alive. 
you rule and reign over all things, even when we can't see or understand, and even when it doesn't look like it in our world. How we pray that you would use us to get the message of your grace to those we know and rub shoulders with and work with. And God, use us ever in an ever-increasing way to reach the unreached, those who have yet to hear about Jesus. Father, we celebrate the salvation of those that we'll baptize in just a few minutes. And Father, we praise you for what you've done and are doing in the lives of so many. We pray, praise you, Father, for the four that came to Christ on Wednesday evening during the youth group. And we just thank you for that. Father, this morning we also want to pray for our nation. God, I pray for mainly the church in our nation that we would be uh, strong in Christ that we would be clothed in his armor daily and that your grace and truth would flow through us to a lost and dying nation. Father, we want to pray this morning for several who are sick. We pray for Ruth Jones and pray for continuing healing there. We pray for Chris Jones and, and strength and recovery from a chemo treatment this week. We continue to pray for Tina Newton as she's uh, in the middle of treatments. We pray for Anthony Mullinax. Thank you for answered prayer there. Um, that there's been some improvement. He's at home at last report. Lord, we continue to pray for Loy Harris and for complete healing uh, there as she recovers from some surgery. We lift up a, a friend of uh, some of our folks, a man named Charlie and his family who appears to be in his last days. God, this morning we want to pray especially for Marty Hall, uh, Madison Hall's grandmother who had a wreck and um, wanted to be here today for Madison's baptism, but couldn't be. We pray you would strengthen Miss Hall. Pray that you would just uh, bring quick healing there and that uh, you would allow her to enjoy the baptism via live stream uh, along with us today. Father, thank you for each one here and for your grace to us in Christ. We pray that by your Spirit you would meet us each where we are, and God, above all, we pray that you would draw someone to yourself today who needs to know you personally as Father. Lord, come and, and move in our midst, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing and just <laughs> greet those around you. You're going to probably look around and see somebody you don't know. So tell them who you are, uh, introduce yourself, and we'll enter into worship in just a moment.
again as you make your way back. Uh, we're going to sing You Are Holy. You got to pay attention during this song because we're splitting up with the ladies and men singing different places. So don't fall off the train or you won't ever get back with us.
seated. Pastor Trey. Hey, good morning, church. On this grand and glorious occasion, we come together to see the baptism of two young people who have given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. We're excited to see them share in His death, burial, and resurrection. Are you excited to see that as well? Amen. We're also excited to go ahead and announce that Libby Pike will be baptized next Sunday at the Kusawadi off of Legion Road. Uh, at 2.30 tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, next Sunday. And so we'll have another baptism next week. It's kind of like dominoes. We have kids that are accepting Christ and have already accepted Him, and they're wanting to be obedient and go on and get baptized. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting tired of seeing people be baptized? No. Would you love it if it just kept happening? Yes. I hope you never get tired of it. It is a wonderful thing indeed. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for an opportunity to see one of the threshold moments of our faith right before our very eyes. We know that when You, the Lord, was baptized in the Jordan River, that the Father looked down and said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we know that God is pleased with what we're doing here today. May Your face so shine upon us as we baptize Memphis, Ayers, and Madison Hall. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite Memphis to come join me down here. This water's been in here for about two months now, so hopefully they'll change. No, I'm just playing. Just playing. Is that nice and warm for you? It looks nice. Okay. You see the man up there in the clouds is taking pictures? Okay, good deal. Memphis, I want to ask you a question. What happened to you? I got saved. Say a little louder. I got saved. You got saved. Amen. All right. Upon this, our brother Memphis's profession in faith and his obedience to, bat to be baptized, we baptize him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I told her if I, did, if I gave her this sign, that meant she's going to have to give her full testimony. So, come on up. Madison Hall, everybody. Madison Hall. Madison, tell these folks. Tell them what happened to you. I got saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to say something about Madison, too. <laughs> no. Um, Madison got saved at D now, correct? Yes, sir. Now that was a few months ago. And she really wanted to be baptized in the ocean. We had a conversation, and after that conversation, she said, you know what, Pastor Trey, I want to do it now. I can do that later, but I feel like I really need to do this. And so this is a serious moment for Madison. Y'all are about to, to, see, to see God working in her life. Amen? Amen. Cross your arms. Upon this, our dear sister Madison's profession and faith and her pursuit to follow in obedience to baptism, we baptize her in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Ghost. While our musicians come and get said, I will go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting this, your church, be a part of so many wonderful baptisms, salvations. God, we're excited to see the Holy Spirit of God moving in this church. God, we want more. We desire to see a greater movement of the Holy Spirit. Will you touch our hearts so that revival could truly take place like you'd have it to? Lord, be with our service today. Be with uh, the pastor as he brings the message. And be with every child and adult in this auditorium this afternoon, this evening, this morning. That's under conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And they need to be saved. They need to be baptized. God, continue to speak to their hearts. What a glorious day it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a joy it is to join with the angels each time one of these come to Christ. Isn't that exciting? Amen. If you'll uh, stand with us again, we're going to uh, sing uh, Your Grace is Enough, which it is. Amen.
Jason as he leaves us. Show me 
Father, truly there is no one like you. Holy, holy, holy is our God. And yet, Father, you in overflowing mercy made a way for sinners to be made right with you. A way that didn't jeopardize your justice or your holiness. You gave your son to live, die, and be raised from the dead all in our place as our substitute to bear your wrath for us. To die in our place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying the debt we could never pay. For providing us the righteousness we could never perform. And I thank you that after three days you rose from the dead and you live. We worship a living Savior. And for those of us who have trusted you, you live in us. The one true and living God, tabernacling, living in his people. We stand in awe. Father, how we rejoice, even as Joe said, along with the angels of heaven at the salvations that you have brought in our midst in recent days and how we celebrate with Madison and Memphis today. Father, thank you for the gift of baptism, a testimony of it. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the Lord's table and the celebration of grace that we enjoy in it. I pray that we would enjoy more of your grace today as we understand maybe just a little more of what the Lord's Supper is all about. And may today be a special celebration for those new believers among us who have just come to Christ as they celebrate their first time at the Lord's table. And God, in all things, may Christ be exalted in our midst. We thank you for your word. And we pray that your spirit would be our teacher and illumine our hearts and give us understanding of it as we open it together now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be dismissed to Children's Church, and as they're making their way out, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. We'll be looking this morning at verses 7 to 23 or so, I believe. And so we'll get there in just a few moments. Trey mentioned threshold moments. Sometimes we call those watershed moments, big marking moments in our lives. Well, for the people of Israel, the Exodus was just such a watershed moment. Most of us are familiar 
with the 430 years that the people of Israel spent where? In Egypt. See, I knew you were familiar with it. Spent 430 years there in Egypt uh, that ended with God delivering them from the awful harsh oppression of the Pharaoh and the Egyptians there. You'll remember the story. It took ten plagues, didn't it? Uh, God used Moses and Aaron to communicate these, these, these requests to, to let his people go, and, and yet Pharaoh, Pharaoh would harden his heart and refuse, and so another plague would fall. And finally, especially after he had backed up on all nine plagues that preceded, that last plague is the one that got him. The death of the firstborn of all of Egypt's children and all their livestock, any firstborn anything, died that night. And it was at the time of that tenth plague that God established the Passover. The Passover which became one of those watershed moments in the life of the nation of Israel that they would go back to on an annual basis to be reminded of. God established the Passover among His people, and in so doing... He foreshadowed the final Passover in the death of the final Passover lamb, even Jesus Christ. I want to read just a few verses from Exodus 12 before we go forward into Luke and talk about the fulfillment of the Passover. Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. You can see it on the screen. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to read quickly. We're not going to stay here long. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians." That is to kill the firstborn. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. Verse 29 says, At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And in verse 51 it says, And on that very day the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their host. God did what he said he would do. He said, If you'll follow these instructions, I will pass over your homes. I won't take your firstborn. And so the instructions were kill the Passover lamb, take its blood. Take a, a bunch of hyssop, just imagine some branches with leaves, and dip them in the, in the blood of that lamb. And then over the lintel, that's the top cross piece of the door frame, put the blood. And on the outside of both door frames coming down, put the blood. And the Bible says that when the Lord saw the blood of the lamb, he passed over his people and they were spared. And it doesn't take much if you know the gospel of Jesus to see the rich and beautiful imagery of the Passover in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. God commanded Israel to celebrate the Passover every year after 
that. And so they did. And so today, even Jews today still do that. And it's at that Passover meal, at the beginning of the week-long Feast of Unleavened Bread, that we find Jesus and his disciples in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, picks up the story. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is for you, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it could be who was going to do this. Jesus here, at the Last Supper, as it's been called, at the Passover meal, announces the fulfillment of this feast that had gone on for hundreds of years in the lives of the nation of Israel. He announces the fulfillment of the Passover, and he makes it clear that it's being fulfilled, will be fulfilled very soon in his death and resurrection. And in so doing, he establishes a new feast for his new covenant people. That's me and you who know him by faith today to celebrate regularly a meal we call the Lord's Supper. I want to talk to you today about the Lord's Supper, the fulfillment of the Passover. And what I want you to take home about the table that we will enjoy together in just a few minutes is this. The Lord's Supper refreshes us in the truth that Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed once and for all to atone for all of our sins, and he's been raised to give us eternal life. That is what this table is about for you and me today. The Lord's Supper, the fulfillment of the Passover. Just a couple of points this morning. First of all, we've already said it. I think you've already seen it. Jesus is the final Passover lamb. You've heard it described in our text. Jesus said, this is my body given for you. I'm fixing to go to the cross. 
And there, on this Passover, I'm going to be the final Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, Paul says it just as clearly as it could be said, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And because of that, you and I have salvation. And because of that, our sins have been forgiven. We've been made righteous before holy God. Because of that, as it were, when the Father sees the blood of the Lamb, even of His own Son, He will indeed pass over us on the day of wrath because we are made righteous in Christ. Hebrews 9, verses 24 to 28, describe it this way. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things. He's describing here the earthly temple where the earthly priests did their work and their, their, their sacrifices. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, rather entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? He became, in that moment, and, 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 and during his death, he became the high priest. He, 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 he entered the presence of God for us. Verse 25, nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. Every year they had to make a, an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people over and over and over again. Because as it says in another place in Hebrews, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't actually and finally and really before God satisfy sin. He didn't do it repeatedly, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he, Jesus, has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The author of Hebrews tells us Jesus was our final Passover lamb. He was the once and for all atonement for sin. And because he came in his first coming and dealt with our sin, it's been paid for. We sing it. Jesus paid it all. Jesus himself said it from the cross. It is finished. Because he's done that, when he comes a second time, he's not coming to deal with our sin. That's done. But he's coming to save in the sense of take us home, finalize, consummate all that he's begun in our lives and take us home to be with him forever. At least all of those who are eagerly waiting for him. Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's the final Passover lamb. He was the fulfillment of even the, the first Passover and all that the years pre, pre, proceeding led up to. He is your Passover lamb. Are you eagerly waiting for him today? Hello? Some things require an answer. Are you ready to see Jesus, your Passover lamb, face to face? You see, this table is meant to refresh us in these truths. To remind us of the hope that we have. To strengthen us in our faith when we grow weak. That's why we do it, try to, about once a month here. It, it, this isn't a once a quarter thing, once or twice a year thing. The early church, many, 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 many believe, and we see in, 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 in parts of Scripture, at least some local churches, did this every Sunday. And I don't know about you, but that's a reminder I could use. Amen? 
Sometimes we forget, don't we? Sometimes the memories and our, what we know just grows dull. Jesus is the final Passover lamb. But the second thing I want you to see as you think about the Lord's table is this. We are to celebrate the Lord's Supper regularly to remember that Jesus is our Passover lamb and to be refreshed by his grace and the eternal hope that he's given us. That's why we come. To remember what he's done and to be refreshed by that goodness and grace and mercy and to be restored in our hope of what is yet to come. You see, our salvation by grace is by grace, and it's a done deal. It's done. We already read it in Hebrews 9. He made a, how many times sacrifice? A once for all. One and done. That's only ultimately true with Jesus. Amen? Once and over. So was his sacrifice. Hebrews 10, verses 12 to 14 says this. But when Christ had suffered for all, for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Hebrews 10, verse 14. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Man, I love that verse. That verse is about me. It's about you. Madison in Memphis, it's about you. It's about what God's done and is doing in your life. By a single sacrifice on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ perfected for all time those of us who believe in him. What does that mean? We've been justified, declared righteous. Sins have been paid for. And all of, of, of Jesus' righteousness has been credited to our account, account. Before God, we stand perfect in Christ. Legally perfect and righteous in Christ. I have to say this every time I talk about it. I, I, it blows my mind, but here's the, here's the deal. When God the Father looks at me, he sees me just as righteous as Jesus is. Now, does he know that I'm still here on earth, still sinning? Yep. But he counts me as righteous as Jesus because he sent Jesus to be my substitute, to die in my place, to live the life I could never live for me. He has perfected forever. Now, you need to be reminded of that. I know I do. Because, you know, sometimes our own hearts and minds, the enemy, who the Scripture calls the accuser of the brethren, comes along and tells us something different. Tells us we've just messed up too bad this week for all that to still be true. There's no way. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> right? I, I, I remember. I see and does God see and know all those things? Absolutely. But because of Jesus, he still sees me fully righteous in his sight. That's the truth of justification by faith in the Lord Jesus. That's salvation by grace. But notice, he, he, he wraps it up by saying, by a single sacrifice, he's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So the rest of the story is, we tell our children when they come to Christ, we tell them that Jesus comes to live in their hearts. And it's true. Paul talks about those who have 
the Spirit of Christ dwelling in them. That's Jesus living in our hearts. And you see, if that's true, then, then what Paul said in Philippians 1 is also true. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Here's the deal. This truth of justification, that no matter what kind of week you've had, you're still as fully accepted and righteous in God's sight as you were before you blew it last night or the night before, whatever it was. That truth does not lead us to say, oh, well then, let's just live like however. Great. Hey, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to hell, so let's have fun in the meantime. No. That is not the heart or thought process or speech of someone who's truly trusted Jesus. Why? Because the Spirit of Jesus comes to live in us. And those of us who've been perfected forever are day by day by His Spirit and through the Word of God being sanctified. We're being changed. We just baptized too. And Romans 6 talks about our baptism. It says we've been buried with Him in baptism and raised to do what? Walk in newness of life. The Spirit of God doesn't come to live in our hearts to leave us alone, to leave us the same. In fact, the Spirit of God, Paul says in another place, is in the process always in the life of the true believer of changing us from one glory to the next, of making us more and more, little by little, making us like Jesus. Now, will any of us ever be perfect? We had this conversation with Madison and Memphis this morning. Are we ever going to be perfect? No, but we should indeed be growing. Growing. Now, we'll, we'll, have, our, we'll have our stumbles and, and we'll have our falls. If you've seen uh, Trey's race with Chase on Facebook, <laughs> we have big falls sometimes. I mean, they leave a mark and you're sore for a while. And yet, the grace of God is sufficient, and he continues that process. He picks us up. He reminds us of what he's done through Jesus. He works repentance and, and, and fresh faith in Christ in our hearts. That's not something about being resaved. It's just about getting back on track, going back to the foundation on which we stand, the grace of God, the rock of Christ, and by his power moving ahead in obedience and holiness by his grace. Every time... We celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're to remember that salvation's by grace, and it is a done deal. But every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're also to be refreshed in our future hope. Jesus said in that passage we read in Luke 22, in verse 16, He says, I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He said, I'm not going to have this Passover meal again here on earth the next time I eat the Passover, it'll be fulfilled in all of its fullness in the kingdom of God. In a minute, in another verse, couple of verses down, he says he won't drink of the cup, the fruit of the vine, until it's fulfilled in the kingdom. You see, the fulfillment of which Jesus speaks will happen when all of God's elect are gathered by faith in Jesus and are in His presence eternally there in the new heavens and the new earth at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus was, in fact, the fulfillment of the Passover. He is the final Passover Lamb. But the Passover, and even Jesus' 
sacrifice and, 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 and salvation given to us will be culminated in the marriage supper of the Lamb. When you and I are face to face with Him. When we are glorified, made like Him, and are with Him eternally in His presence forever. And every time we come to the Lord's table, we are to be reminded of that. We are to celebrate and be refreshed in our future hope. That's where we're headed. Revelation 5, verses 6 through 10 describes Jesus there in heaven, even now. And between the throne, this is what John saw. God gave John the revelation. He opened heaven and showed John just an amazing vision of, of, of heaven and the presence of God. And between the throne and the four living creatures and amongst the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. What does heaven think about your prayers? There it is. Verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you singing to the Lamb, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people from, a people from God, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That day, friends, will come. When we will stand before the Lamb among His redeemed and ransomed people from all over the planet. And we will sing, worthy is the Lamb because you are slain. You are our our Passover Lamb. You are slain for us. And that's the only reason we can be here in the presence of God forever is you, Jesus. Your death on the cross for us. That day will come. And the Lord's Supper is to remind us of that coming and eternal day when we will celebrate with Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb. As it were, we'll enjoy the Lord's Supper with the Lord one day. We'll celebrate the broken body and shed blood and we will praise Him forever for that sacrifice together in heaven. Together in the new heavens and the new earth. Are you ready for that day? Are you excited about His coming? Are you, are, are you ready to not just have a glimpse and a taste of that eternal feast of grace, but to be there with Him face to face? For all of eternity, we'll praise Him for His broken body and shed blood and resurrection power that proved He was indeed the final Passover Lamb of God who paid for the sins of the world. The Lord's Supper refreshes us in the truth that Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed once and for all to atone for all of our sins, and he's been raised to give us eternal life. So let's celebrate. Let's celebrate together this morning and be refreshed in the finished work of Christ. And the living hope that we have in Him. Let's celebrate the fact that no matter where we come from, no matter what our backgrounds, no matter how different we may may be, you and I are one in the body of Christ.
The ground's level at the foot of the cross. Every single individual in this room and in the body of Christ worldwide needs Jesus the same way. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And we've come to the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ, the final Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And in that, we are joined together. We read Jesus' words earlier, but John 6, 53 to 55 again. Maybe, maybe it'll just be all the more rich as you hear him speak. John 6, 53, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the, on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Jesus said those words long before, months before, he sat at the table with his disciples and said during the Passover meal, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. This is the new covenant in my death. The new covenant of grace and forgiveness and mercy and love and everlasting hope. These elements, the bread and the grape juice, represent the body of Christ. Again, Jesus was not saying that we're to eat his literal flesh and drink his literal blood. But what he was saying is that with our hearts, even as we, with our mouths and our bodies, eat, the bread, eat a cracker and drink some grape juice, with our hearts we must feed on him. We must truly believe that it was his sacrifice on the cross where his body was broken and his blood was shed that saves. And that alone. That sacrifice alone. And so that's what we're saying as we come to this table. Will you feast your heart on him today? Even afresh? You know... Trey mentioned earlier, it never gets, never gets old seeing people come to Christ and baptize. And we'll fill the tub as many, I mean, we'll, we'll, wear, we'll wear it out. We'll get a new one if we need to get a new one. Um, we'll go to the river as many times as we need to as, as God saves. But, you know, it, 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 this should never get old. Do you hear how Jesus talked to his disciples? Went to a lot of trouble preparing for that meal, didn't he? Had it all lined up. What's that all about? All that, you know, going to the city and there'll be a man and, you know, this and that and the donkey and all that. What's that all about? It's just, it's just about Jesus showing us his sovereignty over all things. He was in perfect control in that moment, but also his, his care, his love, his desire to show his disciples that this is the fulfillment of Passover. I am the fulfillment of the Passover. And then he said to him, I have desired, I've longed, my heart's just been yearning to have this meal with you because I want you to know how much I love you. And the way he showed us how much he loves us is to go and suffer on the cross in our place, to have his body broken and his blood shed, to write the new covenant in the blood of the Lamb of God. And so today, hear the heart of Jesus. Will you feast your heart on him today? May it never get old. Maybe for the first time this morning, you're hearing this, this gospel message. You've heard the, the, the good news that Jesus saves. That God's provided a Savior through Jesus. What he's done in his life, death, and resurrection. And this morning, 
The Spirit of God speaking to your heart, and, 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 and you need to come trust Him. You need to, for the first time, feast your heart on Him. For us who are believers, this is a repetitive feast. We don't get saved over and over. We just celebrate what He's done in saving us over and over. Maybe this morning, before you would come to this table, you need to come to Jesus. You need to talk to Him and get that right. Trust Him as your only hope. As we come to this table, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says this. Paul is, is warning the Corinthian church about idolatry. They had a, they had a problem with that. And in, in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, Paul says, Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. You've been cleansed. So get rid of the idols that you've started bowing down to as believers in Jesus. Take out the leaven, which represents yeast, make, make, makes bread rise. And, and by the way, what followed the Passover meal was a week of, uh, called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as we read in Luke. For Christ, cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us, therefore, celebrate the festival, this table, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That's how we're to come to this table. With sincerity and truth. That's not about making yourself good enough to deserve anything from God. That's simply about coming with a sincere heart that believes the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is your only hope. You're not doing it for show. You don't care who sees except God. You're coming to do this because truly in your heart, you believe only Christ saves. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven gives us this warning. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And Paul said these strong words to the church at Corinth. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. You see, they were coming to the Lord's table and playing games. They were just going through the motions of what had become for them just a ritual. And God had made some of them sick. You say, God did that? Yeah, that's what the text says. God did that. God made them sick. He disciplined his children. In fact, he took some of them on home to heaven. Because they were so misrepresenting who he was and who Jesus was. And so it's a sober time. What does it mean to partake in a worthy manner? Again, it means to come in sincerity and truth. You can't be worthy of the grace of God, but you can partake in a worthy manner. Laying aside all idols, loving nothing more than in this moment than you love Jesus trusting in nothing, depending on nothing more than you depend on Him. So here's some questions to answer as we prepare our hearts. Do you have any idols in your life right now? If you do, we let God tear those down right now so that you can come to this table in a worthy manner. Are you doing anything to cause division in the church? Are you trusting in Christ alone for your salvation or are you trying to earn your way to God? If you're trying to earn your way to God, then that's not a way to come to this table. Is there anyone you need to forgive or ask for forgiveness from this morning?
harboring bitterness and the lack of forgiveness in our heart, not forgiving. See, that just doesn't jibe with the feast of forgiveness, amen? The feast of God's forgiveness. And again, God has forgiven us of all our sins, past, present, and future, through the once and for all sacrifice. He's perfected forever through the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You see, a Christian cannot not forgive. We can't be right with Jesus and harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, bitterness. So maybe this morning, before you come, you need to deal with that in your heart. Maybe you need to go to somebody. Maybe you need to go across the room. Are you willing to repent of sin, whatever it may be, before you come to the Lord's table? Even as we pray, deal with God as the Spirit of God speaks to your heart. Father, we pray that right now you would tear down idols in our hearts. We confess that so many times we are so easy to worship lesser gods so quick, so easily deceived by all that they promise. But Lord, sin always promises more than it can deliver. And even when we take good things and make little gods out of them, Lord, how foolish are we to expect from things or even people what only Jesus can provide. Only you are are, are all in all. Only you can save. Search our hearts right now. Lord, I pray if there's any relationships that need to be healed, that even in the next two or three minutes, that would happen. And Father, I pray that with sincere and honest hearts, we would come. And God, this would be a time of great joy and refreshment in your grace through Christ. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, Paul references the story we looked at in Luke chapter 22. And he says, The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So here's the deal. I've been preaching, but y'all are about to preach. You're about to come, proclaim a message to all who watch you partake of this meal that Jesus is our only hope. In your eating, in your drinking, Paul says, we proclaim the Lord's death. And don't miss that until he comes because he rose again and he's coming back. He lives. We worship a risen Savior today. So I invite you to come to this table. So here's how we're going to do this. If you're visiting with us, and many of you are, let me just kind of give a quick explanation. 
we got what we have come to affectionately call, actually that's a joke, COVID cups. <laughs> and so you just take one of these. Um, we're going to start over here. We're just going to come single file around. Then we'll go to this section and that section and that section. And there's two layers to this. This is very important so that you don't get grape juice on your clothes. There's a clear layer. Do that one first. That'll get you to the cracker, on, which is right there on top. Then do the bottom layer and be real careful to get to the grape juice. It'll come open, but just be careful on that. Don't take the whole thing at once or the grape juice will come out first. And so that's how that works. If you are gluten intolerant, there is a gluten-free option right here in this tray. Um, little, little broken up crackers so you can grab one of these for the grape juice and grab a cracker on your way out. So that's how we're going to do that. Again, Jesus said, my blood is true drink, my body is true food. You got to eat, eat on me. You got to feast on me to have eternal life. You got to feast with your soul, your heart, on my finished work on the cross, my resurrection from the dead. So this morning, come to the table. Bill, will you lead, lead us as the worship team leads? Also, let me just mention as, as Bill begins to make his way, the altar's open for you to come, seek the Lord's face any way you, you, you need to do that. I'm going to be right here at the front. If you need to come, uh, Meet Jesus today for the first time as your personal Lord and Savior. Come, let me talk to you about that. If you need to come join the church. Do that as well after you partake of the Lord's table. Come enjoy this meal first, and then uh, I'll be right here at the front thereafter. Let's worship together.
church, we'll just continue in silence and prayer as the worship team comes and uh, partakes of the Lord's table. Thank you all for serving us uh, as we were celebrating the table together. And that song really does capture all that this table's about and the message is about today. May we indeed live in remembrance. Amen. Amen. So we got some things to take care of this morning. We got a lot going on up here, so we're going to go ahead and get started with that. Uh, first of all, Memphis Ayers and Madison Hall, if you'll come forward, we have a certificate of baptism and a copy of God's Word uh, to share with you, Pastor Trail present those to you guys now. Y'all come on up with your... Okay, that's fine. Families, you can come as well, but you guys, you guys have got this. So, And together as a church family, we praise God for His work in your lives, and uh, we just praise Him for saving you. Um, both... Uh, you guys stay up here. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure joining the church today... Um, Cindy, where did Cindy go? All right, come on, Cindy. Uh, you can go, okay. You, well, just come on up. Yeah, we'll just get everybody up here. Uh, and uh, so Madison Hall and Cindy Hall come to join our church today. Madison, by profession of faith, is having now been baptized, uh, wants to join the church. Cindy comes, uh, also by profession of faith, uh, having been baptized as a believer, was most recently Methodist, so comes as a baptized believer in, in, um, and having been baptized um, the right way, and so we're good, just be a statement of faith, and uh, <laughs> my grandfather's a Methodist, I always say that, so it's just a joke, it's just a joke, so um, anyway, um, but it's also true, and so we're thankful for Cindy coming to join our church fellowship. Cindy and Madison, uh, I reckon, have been around most of Madison's life, and probably for a, a decade, so we just uh, welcome them officially into the family. And then Memphis comes to join the church day as well, right? Okay. And so come, come in as a freshly baptized and believer in the Lord Jesus. Um, amen. But we're not done. Uh, so also we have come in this morning Brantley, Brantley Pulliam, who was baptized a few weeks ago. So he's coming to join the church today. Um, his parents, uh, Adam and Heather. And so... Uh, there's Brantley. Brantley's here. And so, Trey, I'm going to hand you a microphone, and you tell us about Miss Libby and whoever else. Okay, Libby, come on down. Everybody make sure and stare at Libby as she comes. <laughs> Libby is a very active member in our, our youth group. As a matter of fact, she's an upcoming ambassador, and I'm going to tell you about that 
her mom's in the administration of Gilmer, and so we need an ambassador for the Gilmer County school system. She's going to help represent our church and the community. But she has been saved, and she, she wants to be baptized. And so next Sunday, we'll be baptizing her down on, on uh, Kusawati off of Legion Road. And she's coming to join the church today by profession of faith. Amen. <clears throat> so I feel like I should probably ask, is there anybody else? <laughs> we don't want to overlook anyone, and I may have forgotten someone. Okay, what's the pleasure of the church regarding receiving all of these on the basis that we've described? All right, is there a second? All in favor, let, no, let it be known by saying, I, I. and we love you, and we do. And we want you to know that as a church family, we uh, are just excited to see what God's doing in your lives. We're also excited to see how God uses you in our church family. Uh, we're all members of the body of Christ. We all have different gifts, and God wants to use you to minister to us as a group. And we pray God will use us to minister to you and encourage you in your faith. And together, we will grow and move forward and reach our, our world for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Okay, so here's what I want. The, the, if, you're in the, if you're in the youth, if you're, if you're going to youth camp or center kid, any of y'all, stay up here. If you're going to be a chaperone, you can stay up here. Now all the other summer camp and center kid kids and youth, come on up. Chaperones, come on up. Quickly, because <clears throat> we want to pray for you before you go off to camp this week. We're going to be praying for you. Um, as you're making your way here, um, we want to make sure our students know that, um, that how, just how much we love them, that we care about them. And so, Trey, is it okay if I just go ahead and take care of this announcement now while they're moving up here? We want to ask 29 of you. we got 29 students going to youth camp. Um, we want to ask 29 of you all to stay for about 15 minutes after church and write a letter a day, five letters to one of our youth. Um, one letter for each day. There's tables set up in the lobby. Uh, there's already cards there that say boy or girl. Once you flip the card over, that's who you're writing to. Um, and so we just appreciate uh, Rachel Waddell uh, uh, organized that effort for us and and we want you guys to take part in that. So please, uh, 29 of you, stay and, and, and be willing to serve our kids that way. Guys, we're excited for a week at Center Kid. Thank you, chaperones, for your willingness to take a week and go and support our, our, our children. We're looking forward to a great week at Student Life Camp and hearing all about that. And thank you, chaperones, for uh, doing the same. Uh, let's pray together, church, over, over these now. Father, thank you for the children and youth of our church and, for, uh, and of our community that you've brought into us. Father, how we ask that right now you would work in hearts. God, go before the group that goes to Center Kid. We pray for traveling mercies for both groups. God, work in the hearts of our children there at Center Kid. Give them an awesome, fun week. But God, may they learn about Jesus. May they grow in their love for him. May they understand the gospel more clearly as a result of this week. Father, I pray for our teenagers. I, I thank you for each and every one. And I pray, God, that 
this time at camp would, would build them up in their faith, that they would be enriched in your word, strengthened by your spirit. And God, that they would come back in, in walking in greater resurrection power as they go back to school this fall. Father, thank you for the chaperones and strengthen them. Father, bless all of them. Give them, give them hearts that are sensitive to the, the children and the youth. Lord, may they, may they have eyes to see and ears to hear um, in those teachable moments, in those uh, sensitive moments. God, may they be able to counsel and encourage uh, each one as is needed. Lord, we just pray and look forward to uh, what you're going to do this week and how we'll be celebrating uh, next Sunday because of what you've done. We ask all this in Christ's name and for his glory's sake. Amen. Amen. We appreciate y'all. Go right ahead. I want to make one quick announcement. Y'all can be seated. Thank you. Uh, one, uh, two announcements, really. Rachel Waddell has worked really hard on this letter writing thing, and so th these kids are going to get one letter a day anonymously. I really need 29 of you to commit to stay, take 10 minutes, and jot out some short notes for them of encouragement. And so if you'll do that, it's going to make my life a whole lot easier. Thank you so much. Second of all, um, this Wednesday night, we're not going to be having youth here. We've been going hardcore for so long. We had 80 kids last Wednesday night, teenagers, here in this room, and it's been great. We'll be at camp this week, so we're going to be having something called Wednesday Night Live, Youth Without Borders. And so we're going to be simulcasting our service at the condos there in Tennessee and shooting it back into the homes of all of our kids. And I want to encourage all grandparents, friends, family, to get their kids to watch because if you do if we get over a hundred people watching live we're going to give out a free t-shirt so we're so excited and want y'all to continue to be a part of that and so uh, that's my two announcements thank you very much all right thank you pastor trey several quick announcements immediately after we dismiss our building and grounds committee needs your help in moving our help in moving everything out of the sunday school classrooms that have hard floors um, the, the tile-like floors. Um, we need to get all the stuff out of there into the hallway so that those floors can be stripped and waxed tomorrow. And so uh, just lend a hand, grab some chairs, a table. Uh, we've got some hand trucks for the big strong guys to move some bookshelves. Um, and so it, it won't, shouldn't take us 10, 15 minutes if we all just jump in there uh, that are able to, to help with that. Appreciate your help. Cry out to Jesus prayer service tonight uh, as every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So join us to pray corporately. Um, Trey and I were talking this week. You know, what we're seeing in these days, do not miss. It's the answer to the prayers of God's people. We pray every Sunday night for our church. We pray every Sunday night for, the, for lost people, for our children, for our teens, um, for God to bring people out of our from our community. And so God is answering prayer. He's... he's Got us in a, in a season of, of reaping. Uh, it's also the fruit of so many, the, the ministries of so many who have sown the seed uh, and, and watered the seed. That's parents, that's children's workers, VBS workers, children's church workers, uh, all through these years. And we praise God for that, for what he's doing. So come tonight and pray and praise him together. Next Sunday, as Trey has mentioned, we will, uh, Trey will be baptizing Libby Pike at 2.30 uh, in the river at 1047 Legion Road. 1047 Legion Road. You won't hardly be able to miss it. So uh, look forward to a great time of celebration there by the river. 
Also, the journals for our retiring Sunday school teachers remain on these back tables. If you've not already put your personal note of encouragement to, to the teachers that are uh, represented there, then please do that on your way out today. Starting on August the 6th, the first Saturday of August, we will be having uh, resuming our men, young men, and boys breakfast. That's just to clarify that when we say men's breakfast, we mean all kinds of men. So men, young men, boys. We want you all to come for men's breakfast Saturday, August the 6th at 8 a.m. That'll be uh, going, continued on on the first Saturday of the month through November. We, 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 we've got it cleared with the powers that be that make that thing happen. They're good to do it August, September, October, and November. So that's what's happening, first Saturday of those months. Join us, men. And finally, Sunday, August 14th. Sunday, August 14th will be our homecoming. That day will begin at 10 a.m. with a memorial service at our cemetery and then uh, worship here followed by a potluck dinner on the grounds afterward. The church will be providing the meat. We need you to provide everything else, and so we appreciate that. Um, if you have a particular, if you really love homecoming, we need someone to kind of spearhead the setup effort, the cleanup effort, just sort of all the logistical parts of the meal. If, you, if you're all about that, if this is an important time, and, and, and it's, it is an important time in the life of our church, if this is something that really um, you enjoy doing, helping coordinate that, then please see me. We need a, a point person for that, uh, at least one. Uh, three or four would be better. So uh, please see me about that. Homecoming, Sunday, August the 14th. Are there any other announcements that need to be made at this time? If not, quick thank you to the men who uh, helped me set up communion and who made sure there at the end that we had enough to go around. So thank you guys for serving today. I am going to ask, oh, let's see, David Hensley to dismiss us in prayer this morning.